Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment to you? It's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer. Welcome to the Nature of Healing. Hello, healers. I'm Roseanne. Most of us have heard of glyphosate by now. Glyphosate is a broad-spectrum chemical herbicide known as Roundup, sprayed on food crops for animals and humans as a drying agent prior to harvest. Monsanto and other companies claim that genetically modifying plants to withstand their toxins would reduce the amount of chemicals sprayed over time. But of course, chemical applications have only increased over the last 20 years. And a recent jury award of $289 million, later reduced to $78 million, to Dwayne Johnson, a school groundskeeper who died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, discloses the carcinogen that glyphosate is. Glyphosate is carried by the wind to contaminate organic plants, waterways, and the air we breathe. In the past, it was falsely advertised as environmentally friendly and biodegradable so that it could be applied to roadsides, playgrounds, golf courses, schoolyards, lawns, and home gardens. It's found in most all commercially packaged food products as GMO foods, and most recently in vaccines, thanks to research by Moms Across America. Because it is pervasive in our environment, glyphosate is now circulating in the blood of all humans on Earth. It's part of the physical and biological landscape whether we like it or not. With me today is Kate Birch, back again for part two, here to talk about her latest book on glyphosate called Glyphosate Free. Kate is a classical homeopath, teacher, and author. She has lectured throughout the world in areas of homeopathy and homeoprophylaxis, infectious disease prevention and treatment, vaccine damage, public health care models, biological systems, and more recently, recovery from glyphosate toxicity. Welcome back, Kate, to the Nature of Healing podcast. Thanks, Roseanne. Thanks for having me. I look forward to our talk tonight. Great. Well, it's my pleasure. And I think we're fortunate with your wide range of topics that we can have endless discussions. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yeah. And this time, let's focus on glyphosate toxicity and recovery. We all have levels of glyphosate in our blood if we're breathing the air, drinking the water, and eating prepared foods. So as a homeopath, why did you choose to write this book? So um, there's a lot in, in what you've just said. And what I would say is the book needed to be written and it came to me and it asked me to write it. Um, and I wasn't ever planning on writing it. And it really was a shock to my system to realize I needed to write it. And just from the few words that you've said in the introduction, um, it's a shock to the human system to realize that there is a substance that is polluting the entire planet and the entire food chain and everybody's been affected by it. And what that means to our own psyche and survival. And um, so I just want to have that as the opening sentence and then to just hold the space for the capacity to grasp this information without it becoming traumatic to us. I think that's a great preface to talking about this because it can be overwhelming to think about what I just said and what you yeah. will talk about too. But I don't like to talk about doom and gloom, and that's not what I'm about. Just like you, we like to talk about solutions, and that's exactly why we're talking about yeah. this. So, exactly. 
So we know from research, you know, for those people who can go out and research this as, as they research anything, they can find this correlation between Roundup or glyphosate and many diseases, many diseases such as ADHD, Alzheimer's, birth defects, autism, uh, brain cancers, all cancers, kidney disease, liver disease, you name it. What is this chemical doing to take down the immune system like this? Yeah. So let's let's start at the beginning a little bit, and um, you know it's it actually started with me being introduced to Stephanie Seneff at a Western A Price conference. It actually started when I first moved to Minnesota in 1998, where I had a like a, a hyper hyperthyroid kind of burst situation. And I was like, oh, what is that, you know? And then with a little homeopathy, it went away. And it wasn't until 2006, I had sudden onset hyperthyroidism that really took my life uh, in a different path. Um, and it took me about 10 years to recover from that without yet knowing what the culprit was. And it wasn't until 2017 at a Western A Prize conference that Stephanie Seneff was there. And uh, she presented on, presented on glyphosate and then how it's interfering with multiple enzymes in the body. And one of them is the enzyme that converts T4 to T3. And then I realized, right, that sudden onset hyperthyroidism came after I moved a huge truckload of farm soil, which I had ordered for to build a garden at our local Waldorf school. And I shoveled that. And within three weeks, I was down and out with the hyperthyroidism. And I, it was naivety to think that I was, thought I was springing soil and I didn't know I was bringing in a toxic chemical. Wow, what was some of your symptoms for those people who don't understand hyper versus hypothyroidism? Yeah. So hyperthyroidism is a very, very fast-acting thyroid, which makes increases your metabolism. And how it showed up for me was that in a period of three months, I had lost 20 pounds and all my hair was falling out and I had rapid heart palpitations and I wasn't able to sleep. And... Um, and started becoming super anxious and like worked up and I couldn't remember things and a bunch of like, it was like it was in a permanent fight or flight state. And um, then I got contracted whooping cough in that process in that summer and the whooping cough almost took me out. And what had happened in that time, I also being a homeopath, I never went to the doctor in my life. I had always treated everything with homeopathy and had been healthy, um, you know, with homeopathy. And so I was like, okay, something's going on here because even homeopathy isn't working and going to the doctor was not what I was going to do. And so I sat in the hyperthyroidism for a whole year meditating, asking, you know, where this is coming from and um, did what I could to address my own participation. Like, was I working too much or overextending myself or, you know, all these other dynamics that can be in the system. Um, and then and finally I acquiesced to taking methimazole, which is, uh, or methimazole, some people pronounce it's the, it actually blocks T4 production. So I was um, not producing so much. It was still enough to get the T3. Great. Wow. Well, we have a similar history. I was on the opposite end of that spectrum. I was hypothyroid uh, diagnosed yeah. and yeah, and all the other opposite symptoms. But, but there is this emotional um, aspect of all disease, I think, too. And we can get into that later. But I want to hear more about how did this lead you to understand glyphosate and write this book and what did you want to say yeah. yeah so um right away when i realized it was a glyphosate and we have a clearing process in homeopathy called cease it's it was originally designed for treating vaccine damage but i've also used it for doing mercury detox and it's basically taking 
the sending potencies of the remedy or whatever the substance is, the poison is, so ascending potencies of glyphosate. But when I learned what glyphosate is, which is what I want to start about first before getting into detox or even writing the book, um, I was it, it dawned on me that this is going to be a very complicated process. So I'll start with that is that the molecule glyphosate is glycine, which is an amino acid that our body makes, but also comes in the in food as well. Um, it's glycine paired with phosphate. So glyphosate is basically glycine and phosphate. The thing of it is, is that our bodies are dependent on glycine. It is coded into every enzyme, every protein, every neurotransmitter, every neurotransmitter receptor site, other receptor sites is built into the entire system. And so glyphosate was intended, first of all, to be a metal chelator to clean um, pipelines of sludge that builds up. So it chelates, it pulls calcium, zinc, manganese, magnesium, molybdenum, iron off of the walls of these pipes. And as a chelator, what it's also doing is it's binding those minerals in the soil and then it gets sucked up into the plants and then that, that food gets eaten by the animals if you're a meat eater and then it gets built into their systems, into their meat, into their connective tissue into the plant proteins and so on and then we eat that and it gets sucked up into our system and pretty soon what's happening is you every place that your dna is coding for glycine glyphosate gets accepted because it has greater electromagnetic potential to cross the membranes and to get built into the system like that so then because it has a different shape to it, glyphosate, that extra phosphate piece on there, anyways, it ends up one chelating minerals out of our body. So we become calcium and iron and zinc and manganese and all these deficient, which are dependent and molybdenum. And there's a number of different enzymes that are activated by these minerals as well. And then more importantly, the primary place of glycine in our body is collagen. So then the glyphosate gets built up into our collagen and it makes the collagen very weak and falling apart like that. And so when it came to detoxing, it's not like some other, like a metal detox seems like a walk in the park as opposed to a glyphosate detox because normally metals aren't built into the system or aren't hardwired into the system and so i started asking the question how do i get this glyphosate out of my system and the first part of my process was doing a detox cleanse myself and just making it up as i went and one of the pieces was to take very high quality digestive enzymes to take the place of all of my enzymes that were potentially dysfunctional the next was to do bone broth on a daily uh, and beef collagen because of non-GMO fed, you know, grass-fed beef, not on sprayed grounds because otherwise they're poison too. That collagen, then fat-soluble vitamin C and uh, probiotics because the next main place of effect that glyphosate has is it gets into the shikimate acid pathway which is what's used in photosynthesis, but it's also used in the mitochondria, and especially the mitochondria of the lacto-fermenting bacteria. And so it will wipe out your lacto-fermenting bacteria, and which then, those bacteria, they're the precursors for tryptophan, which then makes the neurotransmitters and the dopamine, and folate B B12 and B6. So, um, Probiotics is the fourth main ingredient in that detox process, in addition to heat and massage and um, 
skin rubbing and you like to liberate it from the system and get it in the lymph and then helping my liver to drain and anyway so this is how i started the detox my own detox and then i thought well i'm beginning to see what the clinical presentation of this i'm going to write up a detox schedule for my patients and so then because i've published a number of books i thought well i'll just you know actually make it into a printable form that looks nice with a cover and people can order it online and so on and so forth. And then I thought to myself, well, I should actually probably back up some of my assertions as to how or why these pieces are in there. So I was at about a hundred pages into the book and I thought to myself, you know, I'm almost done with this. But in that process, there was this growing state of despair growing in me because I was realizing all the different pathways and writing about them that glyphosate was involved in. And every time I came, oh, what about that? And then I'd research and find research to say, oh, yeah, it affects that pathway as well. Oh, my goodness. And then that relates with, you know, parturition. Oh, yeah, there's research that they've done to see, you know, if cows can give birth to their babies. Um, after they've been fed this glyphosate food, which they can't. And so the animals and the humans need, you know, Pitocin to give birth to their animals because it's affecting the myosin, the um, contractile muscles, and also affecting the hypothalamus and pituitary's root um, control of parturition. And as the fields of the book got bigger and bigger, this despair was growing more and more. And this is what I want to touch upon is then I started asking about consciousness. And I think we talked about this last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the question of consciousness came up to me in the face of vaccines and seeing more and more vaccine damaged children. But Um, When it comes to designing a product that is completely destroying the entire planet, anything with a mitochondria function is going to be disturbed. One, there has to be a lack of consciousness between behind the inventors of that. And on the other side, the only thing that we can save is our own consciousness. So the physical body itself you know, there's debate about what really is going to happen. I mean, one of the main places that it goes in is affects neurulation. So neurulation is um, folate dependent, but also calcitonin dependent, which you had talked about hypothyroidism, which is a different pathway. It's this relationship with calcium and calcitonin that is interfered with, whereas hyper, you would think there would be you know, the same pathway, opposite ends, it's, they're just two completely different pathways. But Right, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, it took me, I didn't realize it either until <laughs> I wrote the book. <laughs> um, so the book now is like 275 pages and it's packed full of, um, so one, there was one critical point that I needed them to start weaving in the answer, which is our consciousness and conscience. and our connectability, our connectedness to the planet Earth and what we're doing here and how um, it's just really short, narrow-minded thinking, short-term, you know, to, to apply something that causes annihilation of life and not to think that it's going to affect your, yourself. Yeah, you're getting to the heart of why why disease rates are rising around the world. It's not just an American phenomenon. It's, it's happening everywhere. And it does speak to that consciousness. That's what connects us all. Yeah, yeah. So how do you talk about this in your book? How, how, how much do you devote, how much space do you devote to it in your book? So as each chapter builds and you begin to see more and more complexity, the depth of the questions that I'm asking grows. And really just it's an invitation to, you know, creation, the elements and the minerals, the DNA, the microorganisms, the way, you know, different elements interact with each other. This 
is creation. These are governed by rules that are outside of us, ruled by nature, right? Why calcium joins with oxygen or potassium or so on and so forth. So when I realized that in the DNA chapter, which is the code of life, you know, initially, and it's really actually, this is a side note on this, is when they invented GMOs, the whole focus was placed on modifying genetics. Should we modify genetics? No, we shouldn't. Should we modify? No, we shouldn't. There doesn't seem, you know, no, don't eat GMO. For 20 years, that's been the debate. Nobody ever debated, should we spray this food with pesticide or not? And so while it's kind of like a bait and switch thing, is while we're all focusing on the GMO aspect and whose country is allowing GMOs, they've been spraying this stuff with increasing amounts of glyphosate. And the real issue is the glyphosate and how that works in the GMO, what they've done in plants, they've taken out the genes that code for glycine and inserted code for alanine instead. So then the plants are able to withstand the glyphosate because now their photosynthesis pathways work off of alanine instead of glycine. And in our humans, we are, you know, we're all, we can't genetically modify humans, at least not at this point. And that's besides the point. Who would want to? Creation made us. It made us and our DNA to be what we are and it's an evolution from simple cell to more complex cells to engulfing bacteria, getting the, my the mitochondria, adding in the lacto-fermenting bacteria. I mean, that's like 5,000 years old when we started becoming agrarian and eating the, or drinking the milk of other animals and our own lactation. So and then that, that process, when you take it out at the very base, um, such as the biome, what we are seeing now is a complete degradation of what it is to be human. Like we've broken into that code in a way. And so this is where I just focus my commentary on is, is generating, organizing, delivery, destroying system of God um, is we've, we're interfering with that and um, interfering with ourselves in the end. Yeah, and I know there are people who are going to probably uh, disagree with uh, the description you painted about human evolution, and you yeah. know, there, there's other theories out there, and, and people can believe what they want. But on a, on a certain level, I mean, we're all connected on a physical level, and what you're explaining on a physical level is true. The question of, is there a, a creator and who is that creator that's up to question and every any, anybody can right so can go off on their own tangent any, it's i've just put it as like a magnetic attraction things came you know separated and came together and organized the way that they did yeah 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 and you know people can believe what they want but the, the point is that we we're all here we need to live together and based on this onslaught as attack against humanity from the inside out, taking our immune system down to, you know, affect the procreation of our species, really the survival of our species. We need to find ways <clears throat> to combat this or not. Maybe combat is the wrong word to withstand like the plants have. It's not even the right word either. Okay. It's, what is the right it's, word? <laughs> it's a completely opposite direction. We just need to do something different. Yes. And, you know, address it. So there's a number of things. So let's talk about how to avoid glyphosate contamination and how to detox it. Um, so supporting, you know, local farmers, buying organic, asking, is this even in the restaurants? Oh, do you have organic? Just ask. They might not even know what organic is, but you know what they asked, and then they'll say to their boss, hey, somebody asked for organic. Do we have organic? What is that? You know, Minnesota, I'm really happy to live in Minneapolis because um, there's a lot of restaurants that are going organic, and, and the Minnesota Crunchies are, you know, really going for the co-ops and those local farmers and stuff like that. But um, around the world, it's not like that. And 
we don't know because of the world trade where food is just shipped all over the planet. You don't even really know where it comes from. So it takes a certain amount of time. Like for instance, it's in every California wine, even the organic because of ground contamination and um, air contamination. It's in all beer because hops are grown with glyphosate. It's in your lentils, it's in your Cheerios, it's in your cotton tampons, it's in um, your dog food and your cat food, and that's why they're so sick. And it's in vaccines because it's in the um, growth medium, the gelatin growth medium, which is coming from, you know, beef collagen. So once we address how we're spending our money and begin having the conversations with everybody about is this organic or not organic or how to join a CSA, I mean, we the people have the power. That's the one thing that I've understood. And awareness is key. Knowledge is key. And so the more I just watched um, Secret Ingredients, which is a movie that is also talking about glyphosate toxicity and how these particular families they switch to GMO and their kids autism got better and the you know other conditions uh, paralysis and so on and so forth all these other conditions got better when they switched to non-GMO so we have the power to change this by our market dollar then the next step is I plan on establishing a number of GoFundMe campaigns starting in Minnesota to raise money to buy books for all of our state legislators and coming with a letter. The very first, it's not even really a chapter, but the chapter one is open letter to my state representative, which I'm hoping that every person who buys the book, Glyphosate Free, it's on Amazon, would either read that letter and go, oh my goodness, I need to write a letter myself, but the GoFundMe campaign would be to get every one of our representatives um, a copy of the book because they are being affected too. That's, you know, with all my political work in the vaccine paradigm, there are so many obstacles to getting things through and they have different choices and they do different things to their children and they can't feel whether their children have autism or not or say it doesn't come from the vaccines, but you know what? If you're eating glyphosate contaminated food, you're going to feel it and you're going to get it and you're going to be sick too. Um, so hopefully that's a way to get in there. And then um, the my website, glyphosatefree.com, is going to be the place where you're going to find resources on how to detox and how to get this movement going further. So I guess the the trick is to get the word out about this for people who don't know about it, even though you'd think you'd have to live under a rock not to understand glyphosate. I mean, here we are more than 20 years after glyphosate was formally introduced and Bill Gates is still pushing GMOs to end hunger around the world. I mean, that's an old, worn out narrative now. It is, especially if you're basically poisoning those people. And it's been more than 20 years. I think glyphosate was originally developed in 1954. Um, started as an antibiotic, also as a metal chelator. And then they realized it was killing all the plants, so they licensed it as a, an herbicide. For animals and humans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, I mean, people will ask the question, you know, when I have a conversation with them about vaccines and tell them, telling them that glyphosate's in vaccines or that nanoparticles of lead, cadmium, stainless steel, strontium, aluminum are also in vaccines. They'll look at me and say, well, why would, why would they put that in vaccines? I'm like, why would they? Why would they? This is the th amazing thing about humans. Even I noticed this in the process of writing the book. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to write about this. And I had an image in my head of what it was that I was going to write about. And then I'm like, oh, I don't really understand that. Okay, that's not in my focal point. Oh, but there's that I don't understand. Okay, but it's not in my focal point. And then at some point, it was like, Kate, there is a much larger topic here. At any point in time when you see something that you don't understand, follow that road. And then that was also how the book exploded because we, we like to kind of be a bit like ostriches. Oh, our little world is okay. And I mean, that's the limitation of, 
us as beings. I mean, we're really just kind of parasites, actually. <laughs> um, you know, the way that we live on this planet, we just take it all for ourselves and think that we can mess it all up and do whatever and then fight with each other and drop bombs on each other and vaccinate and poison our kids and, you know, and then smile while we're buying our groceries at the store. It's a bizarre thing to live here, actually. It is. And I just feel like we have a little bit of a window of opportunity to maybe turn something around. I mean, We've had many windows before now, but we're looking at the demise of humanity from any angle, not just what we're talking about, but look at the weather, uh, the weather, they're cloud seeding, they're manipulating the atmosphere, they're, they're, it's the air that we breathe. It's not like we can, if we focus on one thing like vaccines, where, like you said, we have our head in the sand, we're not looking at the bigger picture. We have to look at all our exposures. And then from that, how do we sustain ourselves amidst this issue? And we need to be able to protect our fragile human bodies, but we also need to protect our minds and our spirits. And the earth that we live on. The earth, absolutely. I mean, it's coming at us from so many different angles, Roseanne. It is time to wake up. Wake up to ourselves. Like I still, you know, meet people that are alcoholics and smoke cigarettes until they're going to die. It's like, I don't want to live that life. If you want to take yourself out, fine. You know, that's your consciousness. That's your path. That's technically not harming anybody. All except for the tobacco that you're smoking is grown in El Salvador, where it's heavily sprayed with pesticides. And all the people that live around those tobacco fields are dysfunctional they're sick they're getting cancers they're doing this so when you smoke that cigarette you are not only destroying yourself but you're destroying the whole you know where it's coming from and then the worms in the soil where the tobacco is grown and you know so on and so forth and then they have to manipulate the weather to make sure that there's enough water there to grow your tobacco so you can poison yourself with the tobacco i mean it's just a very uh, almost incestuous self-destructive pattern right if we could say that so the other side there's some of us that think that we're healers um, maybe we are the ones with the problem because what i've come to is the only way to heal all this stuff is to heal the pain inside of me that it's causing you know so maybe it the whole thing is just a you know virtual reality of my own pain and suffering and those you know, people that don't feel it it's not you know <laughs> i've come to believe that too i mean we resonate on the same wavelength there i think when you look around you're looking at your reflection and um if if we can heal what we see around us by healing ourselves our environment change our visual changes and because we don't necessarily see what everybody else sees outside their window we don't uh, experience uh, war right now, like maybe the Syrians might if they look out their window. That's not our reality. So based on what we do to ourselves, we do to the environment. If we if we can heal ourselves, we can heal our environment. It's not saying that we can heal everybody else's environment, but we can heal our own environment. And that's a great place to start. That's a place to start. Yeah. If we could understand that connection between us and nature, we would understand that we do reflect our reality. Now, I think the people who are trying to take us out, if, the, if that's what they are trying to do, or if it's part of us that's trying to take us out because we're all connected. I mean, there's a lot of different ideas floating around right now in my head. <laughs> the trick is to- yeah, let's, let's just ground it out a little bit to a conversation over some oysters at a bar, which is, <laughs> the guy came up to me and he said, you're not from around here, are you? in minnesota and i said no why how could you tell he's like people in minnesota don't eat oysters i'm like okay good yeah i come from the west coast so we started talking i said what do you do oh i'm a wheat broker for jimmy john's i'm like all right so what do you do oh yeah i sell wheat and you know make sure that there's enough wheat around and this and that and i said oh well, i would never eat that stuff and he's like, why not? I said, because it's been genetically modified and poisoned with pesticides. He said, but we need, because there's starving people around the planet, we need this food and we need to 
make as much as we can. I said, no, we don't. There's other ways to do it. There's sustainable farming. There's biodynamic. There's organic farming. There's other ways. We don't need to consume so much. Look at the obesity. There are ways this planet has so much to give us. And he's like, well, what if somebody starving came to your front door? Would you then feed them that? And I'm like, no, never. I would because I could never give them a poison that I knew was a poison and the way the conversation went he was getting more and more rabid in the process and started actually becoming like spitting at me that <laughs> um, his belief was that and finally then his wife came and said hey we should go I'm like yeah <laughs> so the world you're telling me that if that's the reflection of your world or our world uh that we are at a crossroads and we are not communicating well we are not getting yeah, it in alternate realities is what <laughs> yes for sure parallel universes <laughs> <laughs> well it would be nice if we could beam ourselves off when we wanted to and not have to rotate around with yeah but that's not the world we live in right now. We have to deal with what we see around us. And fortunately, we have people like you who are helping with solutions. So if more people understood this and came to you for advice for how do I heal whatever manifestation may be the result of glyphosate toxicity, how do you, how do you work with them? Yeah. So it always starts with uh, initial health intake and uh, going through you know what's happened in your life and there are some people that i'm working with where their health is so far off track it's going to take a year to uh you know get them to maintain be in a maintenance place so it starts with initial health process so there's health intake there's a number of different pathways that the glyphosate can affect so the primary place is going to be the biome so a lot of work is done fixing that biome. Then they can go into one pathway, which has to do with the gout and adenosine and adenosine receptor sites and uric acid buildup and mast cell activation disease. It actually, that pathway divides into two different ways. Um, the biome can also go to a leaky gut syndrome from eating all that super hybridized wheat which is increasing the zonulin in the intestines, opening the tight junctions, which actually ends up opening the tight junctions throughout the body. The most amazing thing is that polio, as a nosode, a homeopathic nosode, closes the tight junctions. And so we incorporate that into the treatment, and you will see that very quickly those tight junctions will downregulate. Polio is a virus that's actually two or three thousand years old when we became agrarian that virus came along to help us digest the wheat the fear-mongering epidemic situation came in a when after we had been uh, increased sanitation no longer passing wild polio virus from mother to child in the birth process um, no longer contract you know being exposed and then eating a high hybridized wheat diet and then being exposed to polio in the waters in the summertime swimming then it would those tight junctions are open and then it would go in and cause a paralysis that it did so um, polio in potency does the exact opposite and it'll close those tight junctions down so then you can get into what another piece that happens is the immune system is suppressed and so rna viruses um, will remain active in the system. And some of our RNA viruses are, like polio is actually an RNA virus too, but so when it's injected, you don't get that same benefit of the oral because it's an oral fecal. It's supposed to touch on the mucous membranes to downregulate that zonulin. When it's injected, it's having either not that effect, but then it's neurotoxic and can go into the brain. So the other RNA, hepatitis B, is an RNA virus. And with that hepatitis B vaccine, what that piece of data that's in that virus does to our, it's a retrovirus, so it gets incorporated into our own genome. It turns off the MTHFR gene. 
So all of the NTHFR mutations are from hepatitis B vaccine being introduced in the 90s, because that RNA virus will continue to act because the glyphosate usage has increased, um, suppresses the immune system. So MMR, those are all RNA viruses. They're not retroviruses, but so why is it that the MMR vaccine is causing autism? One is it's just the whole relationship between injection and vaccine ingredients and all that. But then if you add in a high gluten or a high glyphosate contaminated diet, which is gonna suppress the immune system, those RNA viruses are gonna remain active and cause a cerebral inflammation, sterility, and uh, MMR, intestinal inflammation, which those viruses are responsible for because the immune system suppressed by the, um, so, and the whole, you know, mandating vaccines issue is, I'm just writing, um, just publishing our research on homeoprophylaxis. And so I'm writing this other article that's like, while, meanwhile, in the last 10 years, we've done all this research on homeoprophylaxis, you know, the powers that be are mandating vaccines. And my precept for the health public health model that Free and Healthy Children stands for is it's an act of benevolence. Public health models should be of benevolent form to the citizens. And I was invited to speak in Cuba at a conference in 2008 when I learned about the leptospirosis and their government was of service to their people. It was a socialistic government, which has a bad name in the United States, there's some bad sides to socialism, but basically every medicine that they had, plus also because they're under the embargo um, from the US, very limited resources, homeopathy was the most benevolent system that they had because it was basically free and they can reach many, many people and they wanted the health and the Cuban um, health system has been extolled around the world as being very one of the best in the world. Um, so with that in mind, you look at mandatory vaccines, taking away humans' rights, taking your children away if you don't vaccinate, refusing public education, jail time for children, parents of children who've died from vaccine injury when they're lying and manipulating about what actually really happened to the child, that there's no longer any benevolence in that system, especially when those vaccines and then coupled with the glyphosate that's coming down the track because of the government has allowed the use of the GMOs and blah, 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 is, you know, what, so the immune system is our auto-regulatory zone, if you could say. I am thine. My immune system, I am myself in my environment. I stand on my own and my immune system keeps me there. And in the, in the group society, we all have our own place. If anything, the government needs to act like a healthy immune system in a benevolent state as opposed to like autoimmune disease where we're self-attacking self and eating up and fighting against each other and all these different things. It's this crazy, that's the outer reality of what is happening on a microcosm. The people writing these laws, their immune systems are not working very well. Otherwise they would know this because if that immune system, that sense of self gives you the basic understanding of human liberty and right to privacy of your own body and all of that. I love that analogy and metaphor and I've, I've used it myself that, um, we are self-regulating and self-sustaining and self-healing just like nature is. That's who we are. And for those who would tell us that we're not that, prove it, you know. <laughs> and they, they're yeah. trying to do that by, by you showing us. a placebo-controlled study on that? Right. <laughs> like, oh, do you exist? Uh, let me see. <laughs> <laughs> no, but how can they refute that? that we are self-regulating and self-healing. They want to try to tell us that they are the gatekeepers of our health, that only they can heal us, but that's just not true. And so there's two different mindsets playing here. We're fighting for 
freedom to heal, to, to do what we're here to do as innate healers. We're born to mm-hmm. heal. And they're trying to tell us that it's not that world. Well, there's, like you said, there's two worlds are clashing. What is the answer? What is the solution to yeah. that? Well, and I think also like the, the, this other worlds of no, we know, you don't know. It, the other side of it is the abdication. I don't know. I'm just this small person, which is part of this delicate humanity of ourselves. We don't know. And there is, I mean, you put anybody out on the street in the cold and they're just like, it's cold. And then if they don't have food, I'm hungry, you know, and this kind of place puts us more vulnerable. And I, you know, we're very, we've learned how to live on this planet and build these houses and, you know, afford this luxury of warm blankets and as much food as we want that we can throw three quarters of it away because that's how ineffective our food system is. Um, You know, I mean, we have, but still at the base of that must be some insecurity of that vulnerability because we can be killed by an infectious disease and we can be hit by a car and we can't you know there's there's are we are not uh we are self-healing but we are not um immortal and we we are susceptible to radiation 5g we're susceptible to glyphosate toxicity will take us out we are susceptible to infectious disease, but we're equally or even more so susceptible to vaccines. We're, uh, you know, susceptible to droughts and floods. All of these things. Too much sun, too cold, too hot. Well, yes. And according to the Hopi and other civilizations, uh, even religious texts, Humanity has been taken out at least four t- previous times. Are we're we're heading toward what they call the fifth world, which some people call a reset. So I mean, it could be that humans are heading down the path again. We're repeating history that way that we are heading toward a reset because we're destroying ourselves and something has to be reset. That would argue for a simulated world that we are all simulations in this world and somebody can just push a button and reset something. And that's how that would also explain how they're able to meddle with the genetics of nature itself. Mm-hmm. That could or argue justify for- self-indulgence. I mean, I've seen people, some of the younger generation, they live in such an, an artificial reality world that I can just be connected to my computer and play computer games and interact with people and just be this alive, reactive, press the button kind of, you know, being, oh, and then eat my Doritos if I need to or my Subway and just get stuck there without, and that is, you are having an experience, I guess, you know, but it's, it's a whole different world than we grew up in, Roseanne. It is. The world has changed so dramatically, and I feel like time is speeding up. People will tell me, oh, it's just because you're getting older. I say, no, this this world is a different world from when I grew up. It's not only time that's changing. It's it's governments that are shifting into rogue governments, what I would call rogue governments. Um, well, if, if you can look at that external... The government doesn't even know how to be a government anymore, just like the immune system doesn't even know how to be an immune system anymore. It's, it's a breakdown. It's a massive breakdown. And that's just a reflective of, yeah, the food that we, we eat. And it is, but we don't want to end on that kind of a note. No, we want to <laughs> say a prayer for all of you listeners. And just, um, you have to start somewhere. Make small steps. Take a look in your kitchen cupboards. Do you know where that comes from? Does it have the GMO label on it? Was it organic? I hate throwing away food, but that's the first place to start. Some of that food just has to go compost it, do what you need to do, and start again. That's excellent advice. And I would always say when you need a little boost, just look to nature because nature is regenerative. It heals itself. It, we, if we can look to nature and see that example, we can do the same. We are part of nature. And just to stay focused on that connection because 
Otherwise, if we are connected to this digital world we were talking about, the simulated world, we will end up as one of those characters. So we don't have to live in that world. We can choose the world we live in from that perspective. We can, and that's, that's where we, when you reconnect with nature, then the fears go away and the oxygen we breathe and the sun shines on us, it begins to talk to us in ways that we, we didn't know. And really that's my next journey. I'm, I'm not writing any books for a while. It's, I'm going into meditation and I am um, on, a, on a soul path for this connection, what, what's going to come through. That's beautiful. And I would say that's right. That's the only thing we really haven't talked about is soul, the soul connection. And that that you do find through nature. It's through this, your connection with nature that you just rediscover your soul and your spirit. And that mm-hmm. is what's going to save humanity, in my, my opinion. Mm-hmm. We're all connected in consciousness. So once you get there, then we're all there. Beautiful. Yeah. So... Kate, thank you again for your work in educating okay. people about their exposures and more importantly for solutions uh, for healing that are available. Um, you've even written a book uh, called Solutions Homeoprophylaxis, the, solution, the vaccine yeah. alternative. So you are about solutions. I love that. I love the work that you do. Thank you so much for joining me again. And for more information, where can people learn more? Uh, so with the, the glyphosate, glyphosatefree.com is going to be the website for that. For vaccine information, vaccinefree.wordpress.com. Then uh, Free and Healthy Children International to learn about homeoprophylaxis. You can see there's a theme with all those words. Um, really, the goal is to be free and to find that freedom inside of ourselves. We, we live in myths. And the myths bind us. We live in a linguistic world. And people have twisted the thoughts to a place of the language to make us believe certain things. And to be fully free is to see how those myths live inside of us and to unfold them and be open to another experience in life. Perfectly said. To be free, you need to live free. So thank you. And until next time, healers, lots of love. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org. Or you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.